Hey everybody, we got a really special episode today. We're going to be going over questions that we've always wanted to ask God. That's right. Sometimes being a human with our limited understanding can be frustrating. There's so many things that we've always wanted to know, but just can't get the answers. And we're going to go over those today. You know, if God was here right now, this is a question I would ask. What would you ask? Well, I'm t- I told you it was a special episode. We got, what, God the Father here? No. I'm Howard, your producer. You idiot. You're making oh. me do this. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who are watching on YouTube, which you do look like a really good God, uh, he's going to be acting. He's going to be on the show for the first time today. Yeah. Answering, hopefully, some of these important questions. In a speaking role. Right. Yes. Well, yeah. we have Howard's, Howard dressed yeah. up in a fitted bed sheet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Howard, Howard is being the, um, he's the stand-in right now. So That's what we're right. doing here today, though, is, look, we're talking about all these questions that, oh, oh there he goes. He's gone. Wow. <laughs> See, that's how it works around here. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to ask him a question for right. him to appear. All right, so what's, what's going to be the question that we ask God, then? Well, look, we all know. Like when you're a kid, you're like, okay, well, why does this happen? Why is the sky blue? Why is water wet? All these things. All these things that are just like, what? You know, the world doesn't make sense to us humans mm. with our limited mind. You know, and I look at the book of Job, like, well, were you there when I ordered the stars and the heavens and, you know, placed the Pleiades and Orion? Like, there's things that his I've ways are way to... above our ways. Right. But yet, we see things that, that are in his ways that don't really quite fit with That's the rational right. God. Right. So, and they do, but we're they the, do. We just don't know. So we're going to ask the questions that we always want to know about God, yeah. or why the way things are the way they are. So, Ryan, I'm going to say that I think you have the most curious mind of the bunch. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I think you we'll do. We'll find out. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. So, what would you ask God if you had the opportunity? Yeah. You know. Okay. So I, I have a lot of curious things here. Um, yeah. What's one of the questions that you would ask God? I. You know. I've always wondered. You know. Why, why do I have nipples? I don't, I don't need <laughs> like them as for a man. Yeah, I mean, why do guys have nipples? Great. What's quest- the purpose of That's that? That's a great question. Whoa. Whoa! You know, guys, I have nipples too. I, I have no idea. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's gone again. Man, this is getting strange. Yeah. yeah. This is this is the kind of budget that we have because of our patrons, right? Yeah. We're able to do this kind of thing, right? So this is this is as a shout out to our patrons. Thank you for this. This is how we are wisely investing what you invest in us. <laughs> Getting God to perform. Uh, you know. Now are you ruminating on I nipples am, and men? Uh, no, I'm not. That's no. <laughs> um, are you thinking of a question yourself? I am. Yeah, you know. No, okay. I think a question a lot of people have is, you know, why is the universe so big, right? I mean, the universe is unimaginably large, right? But then here we are, just on this little planet. I mean, couldn't you have just made, like, one little bubble? You know, why does everything have to be so big, so perfectly cosmically tuned? Why does everything have to have gravity and atoms and stuff? And it's then so, microbiology. It's exactly. so infinitely complex, it's you know? It's so complex. And it's... 
to me, you know, if I was creating the world, it's like, okay, look, here's a nice, here it is, little bubble, right? I, I always, say, do I always tell people God's a show off because he loves us. And uh, that's just one of his, I tell my kids that when mm-hmm. we, I get this app and it's like, you know, you look and see 56 light years away. And I'm like, that's, that light's 56 years old, mm-hmm. you know, before I was even born. And yeah, like, but I wonder what God would say. That's what Dad Delacross would say. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I wonder if God would say something even more incredible, because that's pretty incredible. Right. Uh, I don't know. Maybe because he needed more room for a pool. For a pool? <laughs> you are no God. <laughs> You're not my God. <laughs> Howard, the father, back to the corner. <laughs> on again. Whoa. Yeah. On again. I don't know how you did that, Howard. I don't yeah, know. man. You're amazing. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> <Should hire> you. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Howard. He's such a good sport. I love Howard. What's a question you would ask, Father Rich, if you had the opportunity to ask God a question? Hmm. I have no idea. No? Um. You're confronted with God the Father, and you have the opportunity to ask him a question, and you say, I have no idea. I've got a question. Let's hear it. Did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? Oh, that's a good question. Let's, do you want to bring in? Probably not. Do you want to bring in? Uh, well, I hope he comes for that one. He came right. for your questions. All right. Okay. I think see. mine's a pretty good question, let's actually. See. I like it. Oh, there he is. You showed up for my question. Thank you, God. Can we uh, stop this? This sheet's getting really hot. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to answer the question? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. You can go back to work the cameras. Thanks, Howard. Well, um, well I think Howard... Disappointing. I yeah. think Howard left uh, one of his beard hairs on my microphone. <laughs> That's nasty. God, why would you allow Howard to leave a beard hair on my microphone? That's what I want to know. You know, all joking aside, like, that was a lot of fun, but... There are questions, right? There's questions for God that each of us have. We've meditated from our youth up till present day. No matter where people are, I'm sure a lot of our listeners, our viewers right now, you know, everybody has questions because life is a mystery. And you should be questioning God. Yeah, and that's the whole sense of petitioning God and meditating and and researching the scriptures, researching tradition. What did St. Thomas Aquinas say on the problem of evil? What did St. Thomas Aquinas say on the problem of suffering? Or other saints, you know, there's so many people, like, look at John Paul II and what he suffered. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, why did he lose all of his family? You know, why did he lose his mom, his dad, his brother? His, you know, like, why? Mm-hmm. And and those questions are, are valid. When you when we lose somebody traumatically or tragically, or even just have, after a full life, like, yeah. all of those things, there's there's a lot of questions, you, you know? know? I, I think that's, you're incredibly right. And I think I want to say two things. First is, people always ask, is it okay to question God? Well, it's... I don't think you can avoid it. I don't think you can go through this whole life without questioning natural. God at all. I just yeah, don't think I agree. you can. It's yeah. natural and it's good, but you can't, you've got to, it can't just be an empty question. I mean, you've also got to do your discernment and try to discern God's will. Yeah. I mean, like people have questions with God, but like sometimes you have anger and people ask, you know, hey, can I be angry at God? And I remember in the seminary, I've never, I was never angry with God. I never was anger in prayer. I never had anger in prayer. And uh, Father Mike Moore, big shout out to him. Like great spiritual pooba. Phenomenal, man. man. He was like, my spiritual I mean, director. He is, a, he is a pooba, grand pooba. Yeah, God bless and, him. And like, I was like, man, I'm so pissed off. I'm like, you know, 
And he's just like, all right, cool. Did you, uh, did you tell God you were mad? And I'm like, I don't what (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. and he's just like yeah you could you could tell him that because you have to like have this conversation with him so that Mm -hmm. he can converse back with Mm -hmm. you and i was like wow so really god's limitless in terms of what he can take from us Mm -hmm. and all the faculties that we have right that he's given Mm us humor right you can be humorous with god you can be angry with god you can be loving with god like all these things that he gives us are literally meant for us to be in the image and likeness of him mm-hmm. and share it with him. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's the the greatest movement of of our hearts. We're we're lifting it up to God and we're we're curious like why am I experiencing this? You yeah. know, why am I experiencing this emotional this emotional uh, you know, movement, you know, and and if if we stay within ourselves or on earth, it, it can cause destruction or you know, missteps yeah. or whatever, but you know, like when when I think of of the same thing, like a priest told me, Rich, God has broad shoulders, and I can't help but think, how amazing is it that God sent Jesus into the world? Because without Jesus, you know, none of these things that we're talking about, like none of these questions, is presented with the mystery of of Jesus as incarnation, like. Mm-hmm. Like with that, it's like it. a lasting icon. It. Like Jesus is that lasting icon that we don't we we don't know the fullness, you know. But the fullness is revealed. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so many people have experienced anger with God at some point in their life, whether it's through some disappointment, some trauma sure. in their life, whether it's you know just looking at themselves in the mirror and they don't like the shape of their nose or the color of their hair, they don't like their state of their finances, and they're just angry at God. And is it okay, you know, God that we get angry with you sometimes. It's a tricky question, right? Because are we really angry with God? Or are we really just floundering and struggling with our lack of understanding, right? Mm-hmm. We just don't understand why it is the way that it is. And we, that manifests itself in anger towards God. Yeah, and I don't think I've ever been angry at God. I've been angry, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and I have related that to God. Yeah, um, and I think that's an important distinction. Yeah, because I, you know... I don't look at, and this is all as a product of, of prayer and, and reading the scriptures, but, you know, like God doesn't rejoice in death. God doesn't rejoice in the dying. God the doesn't God rejoice. He's the God of the living. Like, you know, everything that hurts my heart is, is you know, the suffering of the innocent, the injustices to the human person, the the trafficking of people, the, the modern day slavery, the, the inequality, the, you know, the poverty that I see in the world, you know, like all those things like hurt, you know, when you're, when you're with people and you're seeing that. I think that's probably what you were touching on is maybe the second most asked question. I think people have forgot is why, why would you allow that to happen? Mm -hmm. Why does God, why does a good loving infinite God allow evil, allow suffering, allow child trafficking, allow cancer, allow animals to suffer needlessly, to allow parents to be taken from their kids and rapes and murders and kidnappings and war. Why would a good God allow that? And I think that's probably the most difficult question for God to understand. And that's why I, I, I think even in, in mythological terms and, you know, the Greeks and the Romans, they assigned deities to these realities because it's like we're trying to figure out a link here. Like, mm-hmm. what what, it, what is it? And it's like this kind of projection, like, let's yeah. assign a deity to this because I'm trying to search, search for the transcendence. I'm trying to, to make sense of all of this, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And, and, but down to, again, the person of Jesus Christ is the living icon of, of God the Father. You know, thank 
thank God that he sent Jesus into the world because that's, it's, it's, it's providing a response, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and God has responded to the world emphatically. Taking on humanity. Yeah. You know, Job asked God this very same question, really. You know, why am I suffering? Because Job was putting through all oh, the yeah. sufferings. What a powerful you know, testimony. And I mean, this is one of the, I, I mean, that's all of us. Job is an avatar of all of us in our suffering. And that's why I think that book is so important. But it's like he had every affliction happen to him. And he's like, finally, he's like, God, why is this happening? And it's one of the few times in scripture where I could really point to where God's like, you want an answer? Let me give you an answer, you know? And he, he directly responds. You want to read that for us? Sure. So this is what the scripture says. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up your loins like a man. I will question you and you shall declare to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the heavenly beings shouted for joy? Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed bounds for it and set bars and doors and said, Thus far shall you come and no farther, and here shall your proud waves be stopped. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place so that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? It is changed like clay under the seal, and it is dyed like a garment. Light is withheld from the wicked, and their uplifted arm is broken. Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare if you know all of this. Bro, I get the Holy Spirit every time I read that. Wow. And and it's it's, it's like a walkthrough of creation and it's like God's daily life. Like, dude, can you walk? Can you do this? Yeah. And it's like, it settles you like, okay, God, like, like no, like I'm, I'm humbled. On. Like every time that I read the scripture, I am so deeply mm. humbled and settled. And no matter what I'm suffering, I do. Lo- I've preached on this scripture a few times. I love this scripture from Job. Yeah. And people always want an answer. They always yeah. want a solution and a resolution. And sometimes it is, look, you're not God. You don't get an answer. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get an answer. There are things in this world that are mysterious. And I think the East does a better job of this than the yeah. Latin West. They just say, look, it's a mystery. It's not for you to know. Yeah, I think I think uh, even even with people who are persecuted to a great extent, I mean, obviously the, the church has been, but outside of the church, many, many people have. I think it'll all make sense when you get to heaven. Yeah. Like these people... When they get there, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it, I, I think that the suffering in this, in this short time mm-hmm. that they're here. And again, he says it's like a thousand years, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it'll all make sense then. Right. We're, we haven't been given the fullness of revelation. Been, and, and you think point. of like, that's such a good point. And you think of fetus at ratio, faith and reason, God yeah. in his intelligence <laughs> Is his omniscience has created all things visible and invisible, and he has set that into motion. You know, when we are in communion with the mind of God, and we can begin to see in the beatific vision yeah. all of this, 
and what the depth of God's creative hand has set into motion, all of it will make sense. Our hearts will come to rest. But the fact that this scripture, and I give testimony to this, like this scripture provides me a sense of humility and patience. Humility. There you go. Or or just like trust. Yeah. Like like I trust, Lord. Dude, you got it. You, you got, got it, it, man. Like, like but that's so hard to accept. It is. Yeah. It you is. Know? But this especially helps when you're going me. through something painful. It's a yeah. grace. To you know, accept. this helps me. It does. Yeah. It really does. Because this is after. I mean, this is after excruciating pain. Everything. Yeah. His family, his livestock, his livelihood, his health, everything's taken from him. Yeah. You know, and and I mean, we've seen people where that happened to in our lives, where people Absolutely. have gotten mm-hmm. sick. And they are withered away, and you're just like, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you want an answer. You're like, it's because this happens, so this can happen. And it's mm-hmm. not like that. Our human intellect and understanding cannot comprehend what holds reality together, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, you mentioned the East, and I would agree. I mean, they capture mystery so well. And, and we've been talking about icon. Mm-hmm. You know, icon is is such a great, uh, a great tool within presenting the mystery. Um, because you're not going to go through it. It's yeah. like you could see, you know, different things and, and, and encounter divine realities. But, you know, our lives are conformed to the mystery of the cross. Our lives are conformed to the mystery of the cross. You know, and part of that suffering, part of that cross is ignorance. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. And that's difficult because humans want to know. Mm-hmm. That's what sets us apart is our... It's that ache, it's that that, thirst, it's that hunger. You know, Ryan, you brought up something and and that kind of triggered a question that I I hear a lot. And I've thought about a lot too. And that's when looking at the cross, you know, and praying before the crucifix, it it was like, how, why was this God's plan to bring about our salvation, to put his son, you know, for his son to become incarnate through the Virgin Mary and then suffer and die? Like, wasn't there an easier way did Christ, this pure, blameless, spotless victim, have to go through that? Couldn't he have just said, hey, guys, look, poof, sin's gone, right? Why was this the means of our salvation? And it's something that I've contemplated so much because it's such a mm. painful thing to contemplate our Lord being put through that. And I just, you know, what's really I wish cool. there was an easier way, you know? I mean, he didn't want to be put through it. I mean, he uh, let was this cup pass for me. Yeah. yeah. You know? No, you're right. I mean, he had a problem. He had a problem with it too. Well, yeah. I mean, he asked that question of God. Yeah. You know, is, mm-hmm. if, you, if this is your will, can you let this pass? Why for have me? you mm-hmm. forsaken me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I'm, I'm, after sh- you sharing that, I, I just immediately my mind goes to the liturgy of Good Friday, mm-hmm. and we have the cross unveiled in the midst of the church, and people come up to venerate the cross. And when you think about it, it's like you know, through the product of contemplation, meditation, scriptural readings, praying the rosary, meditating on the sorrows of Christ. But the fact that we're moved so deeply, like there, there's a, there's such a, an encounter with the reality of, of what we're bringing into that celebration and that liturgy mm-hmm. with our own suffering. But the fact that we're encountering in empathy and compassion that the son of God suffered this mystery, the fact that we celebrate it and we live it, and that's our work. We're working this out, liturgia. Yeah. We're working out this mystery by attending this liturgy. There's there's something there. Mm-hmm. There, there. There's something that's kind of being drummed up from the depths of creation mm-hmm. that, that, that something's being worked out. You know, I, I need to I need to work this out, this mystery, and I'm, I'm going to continue 
the search. I don't know what it all means. It hurts my heart, mm-hmm. but I'm going to continue to search. You know, but if Christ expiated our, our the debts of our sin on the cross, you know, it, you know, and, and there's it, there's the hypostatic union, and then there's the Trinity. Why was he having to pay that debt? Why did God have to have that debt settled? Couldn't he just wipe it clean? Why did he have to have that debt settled in a physical fashion, right? You know, and I've I've often thought of that. It's like that's a very (laughs) – if I were God, it's not blasphemous. I probably wouldn't have come up with that way to get rid of the problem of original sin. I probably would have come up with something a lot less, I guess, complex. And a lot of times the only thing I think is, well, look, it worked. It it worked, and look at what that moment has done to the world. Look at how that example. Look at how him entering into human suffering and experiencing everything at its fullest that anyone's going to ever experience, right? And the way that that unfolded, that we have the church two thousand years later, and all people have heard the name of Christ, and they all have the opportunity to regain heaven. Like it works, and it doesn't seem like it should have worked, or like I wouldn't have done it that way. Mm-hmm. And it's a really heavy thing to ponder. What you know? about like if if Adam Adam and Eve weren't going to sin, mm-hmm. would there be no Jesus? Like, dude, that just, that's, you know that that I mean? question like, has been asked for yeah. so long in the church. Yeah. That's such a good point. Like mm-hmm. Why? Like, did you plan this all along? Like, you knew the principalities that mm-hmm. were at stake that mm-hmm. our human nature would be manipulated by. You know, these principalities. Theologians have wrestled with that. Oh, happy fault. Yeah. You know, Felix Culpa. Yeah. So, but again, like, why even, why do we even have free will then? Mm -hmm. Like, why give us that opportunity? That's another question. I mean, free will is basically the reason, is basically the reason why we're here. Right. Like, God has Mm -hmm. free will. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can trace everything back to the attributes of God in a, in a sense of our own attributes mm-hmm. as human beings, mm-hmm. right? Except for, you know, the the way we acquiesce to wanting to harm somebody or, you know, steal or all the sinful things. Mm-hmm. Like, you can still look at that and say, hmm, you know, they have humor in, in, this, in this trinity, in this beautiful union. There's, mm-hmm. There is humor. There's uh, love. There's free will. There's emotions, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I love your, your touching on freedom. And of course, I'm going to bring up my boy, JP2, and his quote, great philosopher, but he expressed freedom consists not in doing what we like, but in having the right to do what we ought. And, you know, the rest is compulsory. Like I I, I have like an inclination (laughs) In in my sinfulness, in my in my concupiscence, that you know, like I'm I'm enslaved to the behavior that yeah. is reactionary, yeah. and like you know, yeah. naturally inclined toward myself or self preservation yeah. or or you know, bouts of anger, whatever it is. But yeah. in the face of all of that inclination, I do have the freedom to be able to choose and and elect in my will to do something above the line. Yeah. Of, of what is just so naturally ordered in this universe and in this world toward conflict and destruction and asteroids Actually, hitting, fine. you know, like there, there's just clash. There, there's this clash culture mm-hmm. happening in the universe. Yeah. So in, in, in the face of that, it's like I have the freedom to choose. Yeah. Like do, the human person is something. The, you have the freedom to choose, but I, I have to tell you that receiving – 
the sacraments, right? Like confession, most, I mean, obviously you have the initiation and other things, but like when I receive the Eucharist, like I, my ability to choose the good is almost natural. You know, it's almost natural. Like you, you just, you're walking very closely with God. You're doing things, but that you're you receiving love it. the supernatural. The, right. You're receiving the graces to be able to do and that. And that's what, and that's what I'm saying is like, yeah. everybody has a choice to choose to do what's good. Right. I mean, everybody has that choice, but in a lot of cases, it's very difficult in, in areas of your life to choose that good, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, you know, in pondering that question, it's so that if we didn't have the choose to cooperate, to freely choose to love God, to be with God, you know, then we're just robots, you mm-hmm. know, we're just either that There's or no love, either like, that love. or we're either that or we're cosmic rape victims, right? Yeah. Because rape victims do not have the choice to be on the, yeah. re- the recipient. God's not a rapist. Yeah. God gives us a choice. God wants our consent. Right. Yeah. And and that's because that God is love. Deus curitas est. Yeah. And if he is love, love has to be freely accepted. Love has to be given. It has to exist in a circular fashion. And that's why we have free will mm-hmm. as far as my limited understanding can come up with that. And we, we petition God and question, right? That's what this whole show is about, questioning God. Mm-hmm. But God petitions us. Mm-hmm. He says, come. Mm-hmm. Invites us. He, it, 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 but like, you know, the, the, the petition and invitation... Is is expressed in the person of Jesus Christ. Come and see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like come, follow me, and and the sensitivity of of that space. I, I've never felt condemned to my vocation of celibacy. I've never felt condemned to the priesthood. Mm-hmm. I have felt purely invited. Yeah, but it's not an invitation like. Yeah, if you want to come, you know, come to a party. But it's like it's kind <laughs> of like a direct. Room. Like I, I look at Jesus, looking yes. at Matthew at across the table. Like yeah, like Boy, Jesus, yeah. I, oh. you know, I'm a sinner, man. Like yeah. you know what I've done. You know all the things that like I'm not worthy of that call. But like he he still petitions through it. Like he cuts through all of it, and he and he directly says, you know, like in that desire, I I petition you, yeah. like. Yeah. Come. Yeah, the chosen did a great job of depicting that yeah, scene. Yeah, and yeah. you can just see Levi, you know, mm-hmm. before he's Matthew, just mm-hmm. sitting there and just like, wait, wait, you want you want me? You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's like he had that choice there. Yeah, just like Judas had the choice. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, That's what I loved in my own prayerful journey toward priesthood was that ultimate crescendo of choice mm-hmm. because Jesus was just like, he backed off it's in my prayer. It's confronted by grace. Mm-hmm. It's confronted by grace, but it's also confronted by, hey, I'm not going to push you into this. No. Yeah. No. And, and I think I think also choice differentiates us. If God just created a bunch of creatures who had no choice, are they really something outside of himself? You know, this choice gives us the fire of intellect, the fire of being a unique Person. Now we're talking to Mago Day. Right. Now we're talking the image yeah. of God in whom we were created. Because if we had no choice, we are still kind of within that divine cloud. Yeah, but no. when we have a choice, we now become a distinct creature with our own ability to respond. Identity. That, identity. identity. That's that's the that's, word I was looking for. That's your identity, you. especially yeah. like right now with all the identity stuff. It's like that's your identity. Like God's giving you this like free will to mm-hmm. choose. You know, your path with. You know how he created you in a journey towards a place he's Be designed it. for. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have another big question. Mm-hmm. 
what do I do with my gross old plain white socks that I don't want anymore? What do I do with my boring feet? How do I cover them up? Why did you create feet, guys? Why did you create feet? (laughs) What should I do? Some of them are weird looking. What should I do to cover up these big Flintstones size 14 shoes? What should I do to cover them up in a way that, number one, looks great, feels comfortable, but it also inspires me my faith? What should I do? The intervention of God? Whoa! Whoa! We have an answer! The answer is sock religious socks. What a perfect answer. I mean, like, God, you're, like, awesome. <laughs> so, Sock Religious Socks, they are a line of Catholic socks. The, they are the only Catholic socks out there that are worth putting on your feet. They are made in America. They True have story. awesome and so many cool designs. They have designs for liturgical seasons. Kids. They have kids' yeah. clothes. They kids have, have some. Father uh, Pagano wears them every day. Literally, I have a full, I mean, I have a full drawer of these. Yeah. these Father bad Rich boys. wears black, plain Catholic priest clothes every day, <laughs> but he's a man of, I would say, panache, <laughs> <laughs> with great devotion. <laughs> he is. I, I mean, am, it's really it's a devotional thing that I do every day. I wake up and I'm like, I look at my Saint Benedict socks. I'm like, is it a Saint Benedict? Yeah, it's a Saint Benedict day. Or uh, it's a. I said I need my mama socks. I I do start most of my days. I'm like. I need my mama socks, uh-huh. and I have a whole assortment of different mama socks. You know, uh-huh. these are these are ones that I really love. I do wear these for more formal occasions. Okay, nah. I mean, these are cool socks, yeah. like, and you cannot underestimate the quality and the value yeah, of wearing good great socks. socks. But yeah. you know, like you're saying, like every day you're picking out a different pair of socks that helps you, inspires you throughout the day. And for something as trivial as a pair of socks, and, and truth you're be walking told, with the saint, that I day. am. Like I, I literally, it's a prayer. I, I, I yeah. really pray as I put my socks on, and I'm really appreciative for sock religious because you know, I, I really enjoy it. It's like there's levity to it, too. Yeah, even Pope Francis has a pair of sock religious socks. I mean, that you know, that's really that's cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, they make great gifts. They make great Christmas presents. They make great uh, First Communion presents. They make great Confirmation presents. They have, they have baby onesies. They have socks. They make great baptism presents. Or can you, I say or that— Or you can buy them for yourself. Sock religious really— killed it because they captured the essence of God with St. Nicholas right there. Because if you hold up that sock right there, specifically speaking, I mean, if that is not... Well, Howard was a sock model. Oh, he was a sock model? Yeah, he was the sock model. He also played Santa Claus in a play. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that. If you go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash socks, S-O-C-K-S, it is what it is, right? If you go to that right now, you can save 10% on everything on their website. So if you want to buy one pair of socks as a gift, you want to buy the liturgical socks that you can then match the liturgical calendar. They have, you know, the green, red, yellow, white um, if you want to buy a pair of socks for every single day of the month so that you're always inspired, 10% off of all of it. Uh, go check them out right now. Awesome company. Good Catholic people. Made by hand in the United States. You know, started off as a side hobby, and now it's a sock empire. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, man. We have, we have another product. Have another sponsor. Oh, my wow. goodness. Wow. That's now, the Hallow app. Yeah. Right, he's recommending it. Now, look, Hallow is the number one Catholic <laughs> app. All right? It's God, God recommended. <laughs> well, I don't know if God recommends it. I don't want to ascribe things to, the, to God the Father. But I definitely will say that this app will help you get closer to God. 
probably closer than I am to Howard right now, which is closer than I want to be. <laughs> but I want to be closer to God, okay? I do want to be closer to God. And this app has all kinds of great features. It has night prayers. It has chant. It has daily readings. It has Lexio Divina. It has Bible stories with all the, the great Catholic um, you know, people out there. It has Jonathan Rumi and Father Mike Schmitz, who has no eyes. <laughs> they, um, all have no, they all don't have eyes. Well, I know, but Father Mike Schmitz, you know, in real life, his eyes are, you know, like... Beautiful. Right? <laughs> Not like Just Father enviable Jesus. God. Why don't you give me Father Mike Schmitz's eyes? Uh, it's got Bishop Barron. It's got all kinds of great things to help you re-engage your prayer life and get closer to God, right, mm -hmm. through prayer. Um, if you go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash hollow, H-A-L-L-O-W. W. W. You can get Hollow for free. You can try it out and get all the premium features 100% free on us and see if it's something that's going to really work for you. Yeah, there's yeah. no question. I mean, Hollow is by far the forerunner of the greatest Catholic app that's ever been put together. They have such an extensive library of great resources in the Catholic tradition. Bible in the year with you Mike know, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like scripture, devotions, the yeah. deposit of the mystics. Yeah. I mean, Delacrosse, you use it all the time with your family. It's communal. Yeah. There's journal components. I mean, it's really pretty impressive. That's it's right. Amazing. So again, you know, check out Hollow right now. Go to CatholicTalkShow.com forward slash Hollow. Get it for free. F-R-E-E-E. F-R-E-E-E for H-O-L-L-O-W. CatholicDogShow.com forward slash Hello. That's it. Okay. Whoa, well, okay then. All right. Get this one. Uh, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> it smells like, it smells like Gordon Fish. It definitely it doesn't smell like incense. That it is smells not like, the sector yeah. of Odie, did it? That's, it's <laughs> fish. It smells like fish. It smells like frozen Gordon's fisherman fish sticks, dude. Chum. Chum. Mm. Chum and fish heads. Mm. Eat them up yum. Nasty. <laughs> so, yeah. Shout out to Hollow and Sock Religious, our sponsors. Thank you so much for this. I'm sure that you are very happy that you funded this little display. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, I think there's, you know, one more question that I think a lot of people ask or the question that, you know, I've thought about is, you know, does, does God create some people destined to go to hell? I mean, if God knows all things, God is omniscient. Yeah. Does he, you know, is he creating someone and says, well, I'm going to make this one and this one's going right to H-E double hockey sticks. And if so, why would he even bother creating that person just to create a person for eternal torment, eternal suffering? You know, why would he go about that? Yeah. I, why I would just he just skip that, that one? Like, hey, this one. I think a, if that's the case, though, it just it really undermines the whole sense of freedom of what we just talked about. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, the, the greatest the greatest capacity of the human person is that we are free mm -hmm. and we are free to elect and to will something into existence or to participate in the downward trend of our inclination toward non-being as saint yeah. augustine would say like yeah. we're we're you know do we do we participate in the renewal the transformation of our mind and start to link with god in in the wavelengths of what he expresses through scripture like we read in yeah. job mm -hmm. or are we just going to be continuing down that path of, of destruction and despair. Yeah. I mean, how do you reconcile free will and omniscience, yeah. you know, yeah. and that, that's a difficult question that a lot of people have struggled with, you know, did God create Judas just so that Judas would go to eternal torment? And if he did, that was pretty mean of him. Why would he create someone for no other reason to then be condemned to an eternity of torture? And I think that, you know, the thing that you need to understand is that God's time, there is no time with God. God is, doesn't live in a temporal state like we do, right? Every moment is now to God. 
every possibility exists within God. It's not like God lives on a timeline where if X, then Y happens. And when he's, he's, he's before you. And after you. There is no time for him. There's no watch. of your life. Right. There's no watch on God's wrist that no. says time is passing. So it's not like when he creates you, he's like, okay, well, you know, 86 years until you go to hell. All possibilities are there. And in the act of God is always in creation. He is creation. So if he's in that constant state of creation, when he is making these people, right, there is the possibilities for them all at once. There's not a passing of time. All things and possibilities exist there. And as in the state of creation, in that constant creation, those possibilities of the response of free will exist with those options. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a difficult thing to try to perceive, mm-hmm. but there's no other way that it can even make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, from John chapter 17, verse 12, Jesus in reference to Judas Iscariot says that all of his disciples, none has been lost except the son of perdition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what does perdition mean? It's a state of eternal punishment and damnation into which a sinful and unpenitent person passes after death. Even Judas had a chance, yeah. So, you know, penance is before us, Mm -hmm. but it's rooted so closely to freedom. Yeah. You know, and and I mean, it, it all revolves for me around this whole question of what is human freedom? And like God... Why did you give us human freedom? Like we could see that there's this kind of exchange of, you know, like God is free. God acts in freedom. And now he's giving us the ability to participate in freedom. Now, what are we, what are we truly going to do? Enter into freedom itself? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he created, gave us freedom because like it was some tool to get you to heaven. I think, he gave us freedom because he's like us, you know, it's not like he's like, all right, well, I'll give you a choice. Here you go. It's like, no, I I think his free will is directly linked to our capacity to have free will, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's a, it's a fragile thing, right? (laughs) It's a fragile thing that he created us. Mm -hmm. He didn't have to. Right. And the, the intimacy of that is, is, is amazing. Mm -hmm. Right. Like God's intimacy with the human person and then our ability to be intimate with all of all of creation mm-hmm. in that sense of our love and stewardship over what yeah. God has entrusted to our care. Yeah. I don't think we're doing a great job at it. No. But never have. Yeah. You know. Is that the point? It's a fallen world. Yeah. I yeah. mean that's why Job's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like even a marriage, a happy marriage is the free it's the free will of choosing to love somebody every day, growing closer to them, right? Every day. You know, it's a choice that you mm-hmm. make, but grace follows, mm-hmm. right? Grace follows. It's the same thing with what I'm striving to do as a pastor, as a priest, as, yeah. you know, one who's designing a, a campus and, and a sanctuary. It's like, I want to be responding to the poverties of the world. I want to be responding yeah. and, and, and inspiring my congregation yeah. to respond in, in this active way. Like, I wouldn't want to do anything else with my life with my freedom. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's these are difficult questions, and they're questions that most people really probably have asked themselves, and that they haven't, they should, because it really colors the way that you respond to God. And I know this is not a satisfactory answer to any of these questions. Is sorry, we don't know. 
We don't know. And that's okay. We don't know because we are not in the mind of God. And, and the thing is, know. is Howard didn't know. So, I mean, that's got to say something. I mean, look, if yeah. Howard doesn't know, we don't know. <laughs> and that's, you know, that, that's, that's, a real, that's a real problem. Well, one thing that we do know, my brothers and sisters, it's always a joy to produce shows for you each and every week here at the Catholic Talk Show. We want to give a big shout out to our patrons who support us financially to ensure that this show continues on. I hope that you've enjoyed the show as much as we have. And, you know, clearly Howard has spoken. And I mean, like, that, that's a big yeah, deal look, for our show. Send in your questions if you want to ask Howard questions or, you know, or, you know, if that's kind of too ridiculous, which I agree with, send in your questions on what you would ask God. You know, what yeah. things do you struggle with? There's yeah. a lot of questions out there. Yeah. yeah. And they're very, very valid and very valuable. And as we continue to to ask these questions and meditate on them, hopefully it will produce more shows that we can continue this conversation far into the future, celebrating our Catholic faith. And we thank you for connecting with us this week, and we will most certainly see you next week. God bless. Mm-hmm.